It's time for the Bears Nation podcast with your hosts, Kevin Lapka. You're an inspiration to all of us who, who weren't born handsome and, and cool. And Jake Hassan. Wait, wait let, me, let me explain something to you. Um, I'm the dude. Powered by, powered by, powered by Bet Stamp. Strap it in. It's Bears Nation, baby. Hakuna Matata. Welcome to Bears Nation Podcast. It is Friday. Had to think about that for a second because we usually do this on Mondays, but as a recap on a Friday, it is October 14th. It is a sad Friday. It is a really, really frustrating Friday. Alliteration. We love it. And the Bears lost in a truly disgusting game uh, that Kevin was at. And Kevin was like, we were going to go and I'm going to see a win and it's going to be great. And it was just truly a disgusting display of football on all sides. Uh, just a really, it was so, one of some of the worst football you've ever seen. And, and it's probably really only exceeded by the previous Thursday night football game of Colts and Broncos slightly. It, it's bad. Uh, a lot of chances to win the game. A lot of mistakes made by the Bears that just really, I mean, they pissed it away. Uh, uh, a piss down your leg, really terrible performance. Two steps forward by Justin Fields against the Vikings. I said all week, got to see improvement, got to see consistency. And you see nothing of the sort. The play calling was terrible. The offensive line was terrible. And uh, it was just all bad, all around bad. But Bears Nation podcast brought to you, powered by once again, Betstamp. Go to Betstamp, use our code BEARS. And God, don't listen to our bets. Clearly, use your own. No, you should. We hit all of our prop bets. We hit all of our prop bets, Jake. So I made I made our picks on Betstamp. Can I finish doing the read, please? Can I finish doing the read? I'm just saying we're profitable. If you use code BEARS and you follow us on Betstamp, you're going to make some money. It's a part of the ad read, Jake. This is part of the plan. Go to Betstamp, use code BEARS, help Betstamp help you by letting you find the best prices. And I guess listen to us because I thought we did terribly, but I wasn't looking because I guess I was just mad about the whole experience overall. Kevin, uh, you were there. And then the the string of texts that I got from one Kevin Lapka as soon as the game ended, as he's walking out of the stadium, was just real. It was depressing, to be honest. Uh, at least I was at home and I could just walk downstairs and go to bed. Uh, thankfully, that game didn't like last all night, but... Kevin had a long journey home <laughs> to sit oh, and uh, think with those. Uh, let's also remember that Kevin predicted 54 points in that game. And that's what we got. Why am I so stupid? Why am I an idiot? I, I just, what <sighs> was I thinking? I mean, what was I thinking? I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to blame myself too much because again, we talked so much in the preview episode and the days leading up to this about how we thought the momentum was going to carry over and everything was logical and it's all going to be great and good. And it just was not that, I mean, being at that game, it was a hard game to be at. Like it was, it was, I've only been to, you know, four bears games in my life. Uh, and it was the most frustrating game out of all of them to ever be at. It is probably, you know, if you are a fan who goes to games consistently, probably one of the most frustrating games of all time. I mean, just the inability, you know, to score in the red zone, to put points on the board, and then turn the ball over. Dumb Mr. Jones Jr. muffs the punt in the fourth quarter for, you know, the second time in three weeks. You're just giving the game away. And it's, again, these types of games hurt you way more when you know that you had an opportunity to win and there were so many chances and then it's just every freaking year 
every freaking week, the Bears find a new way to lose. And it's just, it's it's mind-boggling. It defies all logic and reason. Like the Chicago Bears defy all logic and reason because yep. it just, you know, the final take the final play of the game, right? And we for weeks have been saying, you know what? You, you got to put the ball in your best player's hands. Trust your best players. And I've said many a times, when you get to the red zone, one of your plays, maybe not on fourth down, but one of them should be, hey, one read, best player, whether that be Darna Mooney or two, a big body frame, which hopefully in the future will be Nikhil Harry. Um, and God. just give him a chance. Give him an opportunity. And they did that. Like, I don't have any problem with the play calling fourth down because – I guarantee you in the huddle, it looked call. like a one-read play the whole time. Good play, Good call. play call. Justin Fields is in the huddle. Darna Mooney has said for – and he said in the post-game press conference or post-game you know, uh, meeting that they have with the reporters in the locker room that he wants that moment. Like he wants to yeah. be there for his team in that moment. You want to be the wide receiver one. You have to make that play. So they went into the huddle, and he's probably saying, look, give me the ball. I'm going to make a play for you. And you trust your guy in that situation. Luke Getty says, okay, Justin puts the ball – in the only place he could put it. High point the yeah. football, come down with it right in the front of the end zone, should be a touchdown. I mean, that ball has to be caught. The defender's not putting his hand up. I I've seen a lot of worse wide receivers than Darna Mooney make that. We've seen Darna Mooney make incredible plays. Just going back to last week, you know, incredible acrobatic catches. He's more than capable of making that play. And it's just like, man, it just it just did not fall your way. And, and the Pettis P.I. that was missed was brutal. You win that game if, if they call that, but it's it's so hard to look back at that and be frustrated about a missed penalty when you don't deserve to win that game anyway. You know, you you, you don't deserve to win that game when you go 0 for 3 in the red zone, when you put up 392 yards of offense and have seven points to show for it. It's just they defy all logic and reason, Jake. Like, I just don't know how it's possible to continue to find new ways to lose like they do. Yeah, uh, I think we'll we'll start backwards. We'll start at the end and work backwards uh, with the Mooney the Mooney drop. Um, number one receivers make that catch. As uh, simple as that. Number one receivers make that catch. You know, Cooper Cup makes that catch. Uh, Justin Jefferson makes that catch. Devontae Adams makes that catch. You know, th the top receivers in the game make that catch. Uh, and, and even some number twos across, like T Higgins. And I know that's hard to say because he'd be a number one anywhere else. But you know, T Higgins, Jamar Chase, they make that catch. George Pickens makes that catch. I, like, I, oh, maybe. I, George yeah, Pickens might, makes that catch. He might make George that Pickens catch. catch. Yeah. He does. No, yeah. 100%. He does. And this is where I'm willing to say at this point that Darnell Mooney's a number one in name only, and, and only because of circumstance that he happens to be at the top of the depth chart on a crappy roster. Darnell Mooney, and, and you know, who knows? Maybe he makes that play again, but. As of this moment, Darnell Mooney is not what we wanted him to be, what we were projecting him to be, what we hoped he would be. He's not. He's, he might just be a number two, and that's fine on any other roster, but on this roster, it's just not going to work. You're going to lose games that way. Uh, Darnell Mooney is probably just not the number one. He's probably just, this is probably his ceiling. Like last year's probably just his ceiling, and you need another receiver, and hopefully you will get that in the draft, but this is it. Like yeah. this is, that's just who he is. You don't, and you probably don't have a number one tight end. Cole Komet made a couple catches, but I mean, he's, he's probably, we have to look at this franchise realistically now. Like we, it, it's five weeks into the season. You know, you're here it, or it's six now. Like you've played six games now, right? You've played six. Yeah, you've yeah. played six games now. It, it's been long enough. It's been a month and a half. Everything that we thought about this roster, you know, at, at the lowest floor, 
we we've we've passed the floor. You don't have yeah. the talent to keep up with the modern day NFL. You might not have the coaches that play call for the modern day NFL. Like you just are set up to fail at this point. Like you are not going to have success here at this point. Cole Komet's not a number one tight end. Darnell Mooney's not a number one wide receiver. You whack talent all across the offensive line. We were texting a little bit last night. Braxton Jones is probably going to be fine. I've liked what I've seen from him so far. He's going to have those moments where he has bad games. That's fine. He's a fifth round pick in his rookie year. So far, the returns on Braxton Jones have been mostly positive and Larry Borman, Tevin Jenkins, but Lucas Patrick has been bad. Sam Mustafer, we know what he is. The defense, all these guys on the defense are not great. Like Robert Quinn, he's disappeared. He's regressed to the mean. Roquan Smith still makes a ton of tackles, but he's not impacting the game as much. Kyler Gordon had a couple nice moments. Jaquan Brisker still, we think he's going to be very good, but overall the bears roster cannot compete with most other teams. Like you, we were hoping this wasn't the case, but you are in the class with the lions, the, uh, the Texans, the Steelers, the Steelers at least have a plan. They have the quarterback. Well, we have a plan. The, the plan is there for us too. I mean, that that's well, where I feel well, like. Well, so that was that was going to be my point. We hoped that the plan wasn't to lose. You know, we spent the offseason saying, "Well, there's a way you can win games here." Sure. That's never been the yes. plan. The plan has always been to lose games. We without the investment in wide receiver, without the investment in offensive line, Ryan Poles and Matty Flus had a plan to lose games at the cost of Justin Fields. Clearly, at sure the cost of like Justin it. Fields' development, it's accrue high draft picks, use the money for next year, and we'll see where we're at. Justin Fields is going to make those plays. He's going to make that touchdown throw to Dante Pettis. He's going to make that yeah. run you know, across midfield, deep in enemy territory, where he's super athletic and he gives you a chance to win the game. He's going to do those things, but he's also going to bounce a throw off someone's helmet. He's also going to throw behind the receiver because he's getting killed. You know, on that touchdown throw to Dante Pettis, I tweeted this. I thought we traded Justin's, Justin Fields' life for a touchdown there. He was getting killed all night. Look, open Twitter, the memes, the Peter Griffin memes, he's laying on the floor. Mm-hmm. It looks like mm-hmm. he's getting killed. And that was a choice made by this regime. All right, we're going to throw a fifth round left tackle out there. All right, we're going to throw Tevin Jenkins, who's basically a rookie out there. We're going to throw Sam Mustafa out there at center still. They made a choice. And it's going to be to Justin Fields' negative development like it's 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 gonna negatively impact justin fields and they're clearly okay with that i get people like Simeon's trevor Simeon's not coming into these games it's not gonna happen they're until justin fields gets hurt and it's a matter of when not if at this point with this offensive line when justin fields gets hurt which you can see he toughed through a lot of injuries last night a couple times he got the wind knocked out of him he's doing push-ups great it it looks great it's awesome I, i give him a lot of credit for his toughness but he's getting killed and at some point, what do you think is going to happen when you play Micah Parsons? What do you think is going to happen when you play the Dolphins? I mean, Montez Sweat's a good pass what rusher. What like, happen when you play Matthew Judon next week? You have next yeah. couple weeks where you play two premier NFL defensive linemen or pass rushers, whatever you want to call them, and then the Dolphins who have a good defense. Like, he's going to get murdered. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields is not in a position to succeed, and this regime is okay with it. They're basically punting to next year. You're trying to lose games. You're not going to get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. The two games that you already won already put you in that position. And it helps you right now that the Texans and the Raiders and the Steelers are on by this week. No, the Steelers are not. It's the Raiders, the Lions, and the Texans are on by. That helps you hmm. out. Really? Wow. But, and that's three teams that are in front of you in the draft order right now. So great. But, I mean, the Panthers, are, they might lose out. Like, you might lose out 
like legitimately, but the Panthers might lose out too. They're at one loss. The Raiders might lose out. They're at one loss. The Texans might lose out. They're at one loss. You're already behind the eight ball. Like you might get the fourth pick. Great. Awesome. Fantastic. You're, you're not getting Stroud or Young at that point. And I, I you don't want gonna, him anyway. You don't need him. You don't need him. Kevin, I get, I, I know what you're saying Thanks. there, but like, you're like my point being anybody worth taking, like they're, they'd be the only two worth taking over Justin Fields at this point. Like you can make no, that argument and I would Justin get Fields anyway. You're still going to die on this hill. I'm going to die on this hill. You want to take it's Bryce Young over Justin Fields? No shot. No fucking chance I'd take Bryce Young. Whatever. You're not going to be in that position anyway. My point being, so you're going to have to take Jackson Smith and Jigba and then see what you have good. with Justin Fields after he's been good. murdered or an offensive lineman. Is it good? Is it really yes, good that the great. first time you're going to see this kid is the third, third year of his career? That's really what where you want to start. You see, we're learning a lot about we're learning a lot about Justin Fields. Yeah, he's here's getting what we're murdered. He's getting yeah, he's killed. Getting, yeah, but while while he's getting killed, you were Shane seeing in the chat. He's a little, dog. Great. Yeah, he's tough. I give him that. He is. Yeah, great. Great. Yeah. The push-ups are great. It looks great. I need to see something before third year of his career, Kevin. You're he's seeing getting everything. killed. Josh Allen, we we need to stop with the Josh Allen thing. I tried to do We need to stop with the Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts comparison. We need to stop. It's not the same. It is not the same because you know what the difference is? You had a coaching staff that was willing to build the offense around these quarters. Luke Getze, Richard Sherman said this. Luke Getze's trying to fit Justin Fields into his offense instead of building him around it. Correct. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. A, Josh Allen is a freak of nature. He's two inches taller and 20 pounds heavier. Okay? Like, can we yeah, but that has nothing to do it? with it. I mean, it Justin Fields is, just, is more athletic. Is, Justin Fields as a raw point talent. is that the coaching staff is not willing to put him in a position to succeed. That's, That's the whole true. part. Richard Sherman screamed about this for 20 minutes last night at halftime and in the post game. Luke Getze is not putting him into a su- position to succeed. He's going to get killed. Like we, we did this for five freaking years. With Mitch Trubisky. Oh, we'll build the offense around. Okay, we're going to. We're going to. We're going to. And we heard about it, and we never saw it. And look what happened. And Mitch Trubisky is probably just bad. Like, he's probably just bad. But look what happened. We're we're repeating history right now. I get it. Justin Fields has all the tools in the world. I get it. Justin Fields makes those plays that make you go, wow. And Kirk Herbstreit, that yes. idiot, is saying, oh, he's making these plays that say, oh, this is why you're hanging with me. He made a 16th start, Kirk. They're hanging with him because they don't have a choice. Okay? Like, the thing is, like, we are bound to repeat history if we keep doing it. We did this whole song and dance already four years ago. We did this already. We did this whole thing. Again. I get it. Justin Fields is athletic. I get it. Justin Fields has the arm strength that Mitch Trubisky never had. I get it. Justin Fields can do things that Mitch Trubisky can't even dream of. I get it. But it doesn't matter if this coaching staff isn't going to help him out. If Luke Getze is just going to say, I've been dreaming of this year, of this moment for 20 years, and this is my shot, and I'm going to make them fit to me, we're screwed. You're fucked. That's it. Like, that's, a, that's as it, simple as that. You're just screwed. Like, if that's what it's going to be, it doesn't matter how athletic you are. It doesn't matter what Josh Allen has done or Jalen Hurts have done. If you don't have the coach and the coaches and the coaching that they do, then you're screwed. And right now, you don't. You absolutely don't. And I know I've been talking for like five straight minutes right now, and this isn't a Justin Fields thing. It's not, I, I tweet it's Justin Fields might not be bad. It's just, they're not going to let him succeed. And it might just have to be like Justin Fields. When you go to the Rams or wherever you end up next, and they finally give it's you the pieces to anywhere. succeed. Like I wish you the best in two years when we're doing this whole process over again. 
great. I hope he has the best career ever. Say, I'll say the same thing I said about Mitch Trubisky. Hope he goes somewhere and has success and shows us that we were the problem. I hope that happens. I truly do. Because I, I, I'm not trying to say Justin Fields is bad. I'm saying they're not committed to helping him succeed. And, and because of that, we're bound to repeat history and do this all over again in three years. It partially feels true. Now, again, you're detailing issues that are beyond the quarterback. Like, if this is your argument, oh, I, then you that, should be acclimating for I'm the firing that. of Luke Getze. Okay. So I don't want to hear anything about drafting CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, because if that were to happen, then you'd carry Luke Getze into next year with those guys, and it would you're, be the you're same not thing be you're in that talking posi- about. Right. You, exactly. You're, scre- you're screwed. Unless Luke Getze, that's that is the overarching pointer. Unless Luke Getze starts doing the thing, look where you had success last night. The Pettis throw and the Justin Fields run at the end of the game. The two best plays he had. Motion. Options. They they didn't have him in the pocket to get killed. The times he sat there and to get killed, that's where he had the worst success, lack of success, worst results. Mm-hmm. But if Luke Getzi's going to keep doing that and only give him a couple plays of motion or a couple options a game, you're never going to have success. You're not going to win football games. It's just not going to happen. You're right. If you it's expect Justin Fields to be a, if you expect Justin Fields to be a pocket passer, you're not going to win games. Like exactly. we we keep doing exactly. this. It's not it's not Justin Fields compared to Josh Allen or compared to Jalen Hurts. Look at what Nick Sirianni did for Jalen Hurts. Nick Sirianni went to the Eagles and said, "All right, I'm just going to move Oklahoma's offense from Oklahoma to Philadelphia." That's what they did. Look at what Andy Reid did for Patrick Mahomes. He brought Texas Tech's offense to Kansas City. Sean McDermott helped Josh Allen make an offense that he's comfortable in. That's why you're seeing these results. Matt Nagy didn't do that with Mitch Trubisky. Luke Getzey's not doing it for Justin Fields, except for 1% of the plays a game. Luke Getzey's trying to fit a square peg into a circle hole. It's not going to work. That's why we can't do these comparisons because the coaching staff is not the same. There isn't the same willingness to work with your quarterback. Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, John Harbaugh has this, has this reputation of being a hard headed coach and he just goes for it on fourth down and he sticks to his guns. When Lamar Jackson became the starting quarterback in Baltimore, John Harbaugh said, all right, we're going to change it. We're going to fit the offense to Lamar Jackson, and now look what happened. They're a Super Bowl contending team every year. They're winning 12 games every year, and Lamar Jackson's won one MVP already, and he's probably going to win another one. If not, he's going to come in second. Like, that's the difference here. Like, we, that's why I'm saying we are bound to repeat history right now because the same issues that are happening, that were happening with Matt Nagy and his unwillingness to build around Mitch Trubisky is what we're seeing with Luke Etsy and Justin Fields. Uh, and that could change. It could absolutely change. Maybe Matt Eriflus kicks down that door into Luke Getzey's office and says, we got to change the offense. Do yep. Play to his strengths. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andrew Whitworth, and Richard Sherman sat up there on the postgame and said, what are we doing here? C- cater the offense to him instead of to you. Until we see that, you are absolutely screwed. I'm finally but done here's why. Here's why context matters, though. And, and, like, again, this is – it's the recognition, again, that the offensive coaching staff and the coaching staff in general doesn't – know the strength and that's what it boils down to because it's not the fact that Justin Fields isn't a good and can't be a good pocket passer because he can be a good pocket passer he is a good pocket passer but when the pocket is breaking down in under 1.5 seconds in every single play it's pretty damn hard whether you're Justin Fields or Tom Brady to be a good pocket passer so then it's at that point when you realize you understand hey my our offensive line is not good enough we have to find ways 
to work around that. We understand the strengths and the weaknesses of the team. We understand that and we move forward and we adapt to that. And they're not doing that. The same goes for the wide receivers. A lot of these plays, even when you do have protection, you're running a lot of these wide receivers down the field and there's no separation. Again, you're ta- you're not giving him the easy routes where wide receivers, whether you're good or bad, can get open. It's this Although failure and this say, lack of recognition. And this is probably a matter of him getting murdered all night. But the one throw on on third and short, and he took the shot to Mooney, and I forget who it was. I think it was EQ St. Brown was wide open on the slant, yeah. and he he just blatantly missed it. Yeah, but again, and, and, we, we point like those getting, plays out. We point those it, plays well, out because well, of what happens. Well, and, like, and the thing is, he's trying to do the you know the meme of you know Patrick Mahomes, screw it, I'm going to chuck it up, and Tyreek's down there somewhere, or Kyler Murray, screw it, I'll throw it up, DeAndre Hopkins down there somewhere. Yeah, you can't do that. He's trying to do that with Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney's not that player. So he's got to like, he's got to make those reads like that. That is one thing that stood out that he needs to do better too. But also he's getting murdered. Like he has, you know, and I, all the stats, Oh, Justin Fields has more time than last year to throw the ball. Oh, Justin Fields has one of the longest times to throw the ball in all the NFL. It's because he's running. It's not like he's sitting yes, in the pocket exactly. with time. It's because he's moving around. He's running around for his life for 17 seconds before he gets rid of the ball. It's not because he has a clean pocket like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, or whoever you want to pick. It's because he has to move Correct. and thankfully he's athletic enough to get out of it. But God, here's the, to the people who are, Oh, you know, he's got all these guys open underneath. I implore you to go back and watch Chiefs game and point out all the plays where Patrick Mahomes had guys underneath, right? Oh, and he missed this guy underneath. You, you only talk about it when it comes to Justin Fields and the Bears because of the ineptitude of the offense and you're reaching and you're searching for things to look for the, the offense, like, if the offense was moving correctly, you would not even mention those plays that occurred. Right. But because it's trash, you're like, oh, you know, we got to point this out now. And all, all the screenshots on Twitter is just so stupid. There's a, there's context to everything. And you really have to go back and watch the film to understand it. But the bottom line is, like, here, here's what it comes down to. And I'll start with Justin Fields. I mean, you are learning things about Justin Fields week after week. And they're more important things than his his talent and his abilities on the field. It's really the intangibles. And there's truth to this. And I know you're. there's people who say this is bullshit. You're talking about intangibles. Now what are we talking about here? No. This is this is what makes great good play good quarterbacks great players and you know quarterbacks that are capable of winning super bowls is is these intangibles like justin fields had every ability in that game to give up to quit he's getting batted around nobody on that team is helping him his receivers are dropping passes his offensive line can't fucking block anything he had every right to just sit back and say, look, I, I'm, I'm out, bro. I'm checked out. My shoulder's hurting. He admitted in the post game he's hurting real bad in his shoulder. He, yep. His ankles are getting twisted up. It looked like he almost hyperextended his knee on one play. I mean, the, again, all these memes. The guy's getting beaten, bruised, and battered. And he comes back in every single play and he just has the heart to, to take another hit and make a throw, to continue to, to make an incredible 50-yard run to put your team in a position to win in the final moments. Picking up Bayless Jones Jr. after the fumble. I saw him on the sideline. He that picked him up immediately, stinks. went to him, that stinks. guy stinks. And that's a conversation to have in a couple minutes. But this you are seeing leadership from Justin Fields, and you're seeing intangibles that you don't see from other quarterbacks who struggle in this way. And there's people who make fun of his frustration or his reaction to uh, to how he's handling things, right? Because there's the video of him with the headset on and he looks all mopey and sad and he's doing his breathing exercises. If anything, that is a sign of effort and that is a sign of care, 
right? And you can see that. And, and that's where I think people are kind of misinterpreting the whole reaction to Justin Fields right now. For someone who really cares about what they're trying to achieve in life, whether it's football, whether it's the smallest thing, any goal that you have, failing is the hardest fucking thing to cope with when you are giving it your 100% all every single time and results aren't there. It's the hardest thing to deal with. And there you go. Good job, Jake. But you see him in the post-game press conference, and he says something that to me is really, really indicative of who he is as a person, but also as it pertains to the coaching staff. He says, quote, we always get told we're almost there. We're almost there. Me personally, I'm tired of being almost there. Like this guy. Also, he's wrong. You're not almost there. You're so far away. Well, right. He's wrong, but. He, it's he's not he's not saying that he's saying that's what right. the coaches are telling him that's what they're saying in the building coaches every day wrong. and here's and coaches here's suck. the coaches are wrong here's where i'm getting worried about this team okay when i you're just now team, getting worried well well i i'm it's a bigger picture thing okay because when i projected this team to be a nine a potentially nine win team right and we said i think their ceiling could be nine games aren't you at 10 and I'm pretty sure I think my ceiling, I think on Twitter my ceiling was 10. Yeah. I, I um, think when we no, I think when we did our schedule run through, I think you were at 10. I think you said okay. 10 and 7. I'll, I'll stick with it and I'll tell you why I I'll stick with you it. You stick with it now. You think you're winning eight more games? No, 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 no. I'm just saying I'm telling you why <laughs> I, I I'm sticking with that at the time, why I'm not gonna go back and regret why I said that. Because when you look at this team and you think about what they probably still should and could have been, right? And the the develop you you thought Shane, you had a if you think the ceiling is eight in. wins, buddy, I got bad news for you. Yeah, the ceiling's not eight. Wins I got bad news but for you, bud. You have a coaching staff who comes in, and the main problem with the previous regime is, yeah, you had talent that probably you know was 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 pretty decent. The talent was pretty decent, but you didn't get the most out of those players, right? Now, sure. and 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 that kind of brings you down to a uh, brings you down a level. Now you have talent that is worse than what you had in the previous years, but we believe that we have a coaching staff that's going to come in and develop and elevate those players to a point where you can almost be at an even level with a team of greater talent because your development of players who were drafted in later rounds, of guys who you're not spending as much money on, and this is what good teams do. The Baltimore Ravens wide receiver core isn't good. That's not great at all. They're just fine, right? They do have and an elite tight end, though. I mean, they, they have, have a top three tight end. Yes, 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 yes. They're obviously in the Lamar Jackson. Yes, there's there's context to that as well. But here's here's where I get worried. Right, half of it is the fact that you are correct. Ryan Poles and and we're recognizing this now because we're seeing the results of it. Did not do enough for Justin Fields and for this offense. One hundred percent, he is to blame for some of the issues that we are seeing and and the ineptitude of the offense to this point through Game Six. But the more worrying thing to me is when we hired Matt Eberflus. And I just hinted at it. The number one thing was we believe we're going to get the most out of these players because it didn't happen in the past five years. Matt Eberflus did it in Indianapolis. You got a nice coaching staff. Luke Getze proved to do it with some, you know, subpar talent in Green Bay with some of the the wider series that they had over there. We're going to be able to bring in guys like Byron Pingle, like Equinemius St. Brown, like Dante Pettis on the defensive side, like Nicholas Morrow, like Justin Jones, uh, and get the most out of these players. That way, we're not spending too much money. We're, we have our value, and we're getting value out of guys that we're not paying as much. And right now, Jake, that's not happening. Nobody on this team have, have you seen other than, a, than Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker and a little bit of Kyler Gordon has developed. I mean, no one has developed, right. and that's where I get worried is because that's like with a different I, – I don't want to blame this entirely on coaching yet, 
But put this team in the hands of John Harbour or Bill Belichick, and they're probably a 4-2 and two team right now. If you're being entirely honest, they probably don't get manhandled like they did against New York, and they probably win that game last night. If you just put it in the hands of a coaching staff that obviously is a little bit more competent with the offensive play calling, but also is developing these guys a little bit more. And I'm getting a little bit worried as well because the quote that Justin said about, we always get told we're almost there, we're almost there. Me personally, I'm tired of being almost there. This goes back to something that we talked about week one. And we said, if you start to lose games, the hits principle starts to fall apart. And this whole philosophy yep. starts to fall apart. And I'm getting worried that we're almost at that point because if if what he's saying, and I may be misinterpreting this, but it sure, sound, sure sounds to me like they got Matt Eberflus and co in the building in-house all saying, come on, guys, we're so close. You know, you know, we, uh, we'll work a little bit harder and we're going to get there. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're right there. Himself after we're, the, we're, after we're the right game there. every week. He says it right. after and, the game and, every week. And it's, uh, yeah. And it gets to a point where you're, you're told that and you're like, you have this belief. You have the belief going into the game. But if it's not followed by results, then the incentive to work hard doesn't get there for certain players. For some guys, you're going to work your ass off no matter what. And I think Justin Fields is one of those guys. But not everyone on the team is that way. Not everyone on a sports team is that way. When you start to struggle and you're told continually that things are going to get better and they don't happen, guys start to check out. Guys start to say, "How we've been busting our ass for six weeks and we're two and four. Why should I continue to bust my ass if the result isn't wins? And that's when, where I'm when getting When does Eddie Jackson bit, quit? I mean, again, I don't know if he's a guy that's going to quit, but as a, it's not even as an individual. He probably won't because he's as, looking for that as, next payday too. Right. But he's I think got it's a just a collective. I think it's just a collective. Like at some point, the guys are going to say, hey, man, we're, we're being told that we're going to get there and we're busting our ass. We're, you know, we got our track shoes on in practice. We're running hard and it's not equating to wins. And some of it's on the players not making plays. I Don't mean, get me wrong. Think, like, think of it this way. Like at what point does Roquan Smith start to have an injury that he has to sit out for? You know, at, I mean, at what point does Roquan Smith say, I'm I'm not playing for this team. I'm not going to I'm not going to take a season ending injury for this team. I mean, I don't think that's I, I gotta, going to happen. Like anything that extreme it? is going well, to happen. But I think Roquan you're Smith, see after it. everything we've seen over the last five years with him, after the last year alone, after the last year yeah, alone with I mean, Roquan Smith and everything that happened, you don't think that he would do that? He would say, "Oh yeah, you know, I got a knee injury. I, you know, I, I can't risk this anymore." He's got free agency. Yeah, you don't think you don't think unless they trade him, no. which is probably highly unlikely, because how often do you see that happen? Like. I don't. I don't think he's that kind of guy to do that. Now, he uh, like, did it in training camp, Kevin. Yeah, but it's different when you're in season faking an injury. If he if he were to get injured and then he was to precautionarily precautionarily yeah. stay out. Well, yeah, yes. I mean, for right now he might as but, well keep playing because the the right. better he does, the, you know, he right. keeps having the twelve I mean, tackle yeah. games. He's going to get paid more, and that that number for him to get demand money is going to go up and up and up. But you're right, and I think to your main point about if the hits principle is going to fade at some point, you got 11 days before the next game right now. Yeah. If they come time. out, I mean, that's, that's, what's going to tell us this is going to be, cause now you have the taste of that loss in your mouth for almost two weeks now. Like, Oh, that's a long time to sit with that loss and that performance. And people are going to make fun of you. Like people, you are nothing. You are the only thing people are going to be talking about until Sunday morning. Like until, until the first yeah. snap of the noon yep. games happens, you're what everyone's going to be talking about. And probably still after that, what do you think is going to happen in, in Monday morning recaps of Sunday? People will still talk about Thursday. Uh-huh. If you're especially, especially if, and when you're the worst game that happened, people always talk about the best oh, game that happened yeah, in the weekend, game. but the people worst talk about the worst sure. game too. How long leading up to Thursday night football this week, did we talk about the Colts and uh, Broncos? So it's going to happen all next week too. 
Oh, hopefully we get a better game than Bears Commanders. Oh, remember what everything that happened with the Bears? People are going to be talking about this game for at least yeah. the next week. And, and, yeah, and, and then they're still going to be talking about you. And then you're on Monday night. So the buildup for that, people are going to be talking about that terrible game too. Uh, so you have to sit with this forever, for a long time. You're going to sit with this game. And now we're about to find out if the hits principle is, you know, carries over. That's yeah. that's when we're going to learn about this team. And if the coaches, if they're bought in and probably even more so I mean, after the Patriots game then too. I just, you know, again, there, there's a, I, I, I'll say this, I'll preface this again with this, that, that I've only been to four Bears games in my career, in my life, and I didn't go to a game in 2018, and I, you know, didn't know what the vibe was like in the stadium, but there is truth for anyone who's been to a Bears game or any NFL football game or any college game, football game, you know, college or the NFL, like if you've been to a game, you, you, you feel there's like an energy that is felt between the fans and, you know, the players on the field, like there's a presence and an energy there. And I just didn't ever feel the energy radiate from that team last night. And again, I don't know if this is a, I don't, this to me is a real thing. You know, other people might think this is made up, but I, I, I do think this is a real thing. Like you can feel it. And when a team is really ready to go and when they're playing well, that energy is felt and it's, it's like synergy throughout the entire stadium. Right. But even yeah. after, crowd, I mean, the that's, that's the whole point of home games. So the crowd feeds off. Exactly. That's why exactly, they call it home field right. advantage. And and don't get me wrong, like the stadium got loud and it was a good time and you know drunk people and yeah, it was great. But after the fields touched on a Pettis, like that's a moment where like everyone should, the sideline should be fired up. Everyone should be yeah. like, let's go. You know, we're hyping people up. And then from there, you, like after that play, I thought when they hit that touch on a Pettis, we were going to score twenty eight points in the game. The game was going to be over. I thought that ignited the team. Let's go. Boom, here we go. Now we go, and then it's done, right? And I didn't right. feel that at all. Like, I did not feel that at all. Like, this is a badass moment from Justin from Justin Fields. He stays in the pocket, delivers a strike, gets nearly decapitated, does a push-up <sighs> afterwards. This is, like, the moment that everyone wants to ignite your team. And there was just – I did not feel the team feed the energy off of that. And right. we've been so big on energy on this show, Jake. I mean, we, this is going back to 2018 and, and it hate Nagy as much as you want. And trust me, we do. But if they had one thing going for them in 2018, it was, boy, did they know how to create energy and keep it? You know what I mean? And I don't feel the same way about this Bears team this year. I mean, after mm -hmm. week one, when have we seen that? When have we seen a burst of energy that, that has lasted been like two minutes? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, we just haven't seen that. And that's what good teams do. Like some teams, not all teams do that, right? Like there are some teams that just, you know, the Patriots, for example, and, and they're just going to play their game or whatever. But watch the Chiefs, man. Watch the Ravens. Watch how these guys get excited and create energy and play for each other. And it's just, it's different. It's so different. And that part of that is coaching. You know, part of that is just, again, you know, maybe you don't have guys on the team who act in that way, but you can feel it. And I didn't feel it last night. And I, and, and for bet, and I sort of felt it on the commander's side. I sort of saw it on the commander's side. It felt like they had a little bit of energy. It felt like they were playing as a unit, playing as a team. I feel like they were just playing as a team last night. That That's, that's the best way I can put it. I don't know, man. No, they, I mean, they didn't. And, I, and I've said this before, cause you've been big on, you build the culture before you get the results. I think they're more hand in hand. I think the results get you the culture more True. so than anything. You can build a foundation beforehand. Like nobody's right. going to celebrate on the sideline when you know you're a bad team. 
Like you can build the foundation and maybe that foundation is there. We're just not seeing it. But I mean, winning does that more so than anything. And I mean, that's always going to be the case. So you're just a bad football team though. That's the problem. Like you're just a bad football team. Like, and you're going to like the, like the bears legitimately might lose out. No, they they're might not lose, out. lose out. They're not. They might lose out. out. Jake. Jake, they're not losing out. They are not losing out. I promise you they're not losing out. The, the, again, the thing is like, there will be another game. Like they're going to win a couple ugly games, but Justin Fields is good enough where he'll, he'll, though he'll win you a game in the future. He will win you a game this year. They're not losing out. There's no possible chance. He might win you a close game like that. But I mean, even like, I mean, the Falcons have a decent offense. The lions have a very good offense. The jets are a better team overall than we thought. Like, yeah, but you're right. The NFL at some point, there'll be a a Kevin. We cannot keep hanging our hats on the 49ers. We we, We have to stop sort of hanging our head. You can't, you, you legitimately can't win is a win. A, a win is a win. Great. And it's going to keep you from getting a higher draft pick. You won in crazy Whatever. conditions against a crappy quarterback. We're not going to need that high of a draft pick. You're going to get any wide receiver. It doesn't matter. Like at this point, like I don't, you're right. When, I don't when, care. When about... someone take, we'll revisit this. When somebody takes Jackson Smith and Jigbo right before the bears, we'll revisit. Then this. that's fine. There's other wide receivers. who I think could be just as good. Kayshawn booty or Jordan Addison. You're, could, you're the guy that's been talking good. about. Get Justin as receiver from the same college. You've been on this train for a whole year. What are you I talking about? On the train. I want, I want them to take Jackson Smith and Jigba. Is the world going to be on fire if they don't know? You know, like it's it, it, that would that be an ideal situation? Probably yes. If it doesn't happen, that, oh well, one forty niners win keeps you from that ideal scenario. We'll revisit this. Okay, we will. I, let's go back and revisit it. I, I, were you, you are on a little spiel. Do you want to finish that real quick? I forget what you're saying because I have something about. I mean, you're just hot, a bad team. I mean, that's a, the, the 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 end end all be alls. You're just a bad team. Like I, yeah. I like, and the end of my point was you're right. The NFL is fluky. You'll probably win some random game at some point. Like God knows you're probably going to just like beat the dolphins for some reason or sorry. Like you're just going to beat the bills for some reason, but like you, there's not a lot of wins left on the team. Like Shane, I'm right. You two wins is probably the, like the ceiling left for this team. It's the, oh, two wins uh, like left. The, for the rest of the season. Yes. Uh, like you might win yeah, two I more games. I mean, the thing is you win that, one. like they're going to probably be though like the, the the one positive characteristic of this team and look i i felt like i sort of bashed Eberflus back there i don't want to do that yet again it's too early to mm. be out on him i'm just a little bit concerned about some of the things but there are there are positives to take away from Eberflus and, and from certain certain things that he has done to this point again they have been a relatively very good second half team they have stayed in every game they have not allowed it to fall apart Right. Yeah, and I, I'm not going to, I, I just, part of me is like, I don't want to do damage control for his entire tenure. Like I, this right. entire, entire tenure can't be damage control. It has to be at some point we put our foot on the gas and we take control. You know what I mean? But here's the other, here, so here's, again, you talked about being in the same tier as say the Texans, the Seahawks, the, uh, who else we put in there in that bottom tier, the, the Raiders, the lions in Pittsburgh. So uh, with all those teams, but Pittsburgh, here's the difference, right? A lot of those teams are just about to approach the restart of a rebuild other than the Lions, right? Because, and what I mean by that uh, is the, the Raiders are probably, are, might be like, I don't know. If the Raiders were bad enough, would they take a quarterback? You know, that that's what I'm really trying to say. So. Here they were, they were Derek, haven't they paid Derek Carr already? Isn't he on a big contract oh, already? They? I think so. They, they might have. I, but, I also would put like, I, I think Pittsburgh's farther ahead of you because now they have the, they have the quarterback wide receiver combination that we talked about already. 
I don't think Pittsburgh's that far ahead of you. But Not that far, sure, but they're they ahead of you. Pickett and Pickens, uh, maybe. I mean, they're ahead of you because they have a better head coach. That's the only reason why. But the the thing that's Pickett okay, might be here's good, the positives. Though. Here's the we don't shut the up. Like, he's been pretty good. He's been, been a, he's objectively game. He's objectively they lost 31 games. to 38 to three to the Bills. Look at how that looks Kevin, great. Kevin, George, uh, Kevin, yeah, and I don't care. Yeah. It's the Bills. Yeah, it's the Bills. It's the Bills. It's probably it's, it's the, the it's the Super Bowl. So, so Kenny Pickett gets the benefit of the doubt, but Justin Fields doesn't when he plays a good defense. Correct. Let's relax here. Yes. Let's relax here. No, Kenny, Kenny Pickett is Way too early to know if that guy's good or not. I'm not, I'm not starting that conversation. Here's the positive about the Bears and their situation as it compares to other teams. You have the quarterback. You don't have to worry about taking a quarterback in the first round and resetting the process and resetting the clock. The one constant that is the hardest constant for every team to figure out the quarterback position is there for you for the Chicago Bears. And I will die on that hill that Justin Fields is good enough to win you a Super Bowl at some point. The other positives include this. Seven draft picks this year, including your first rounder. Not all teams have all seven other draft picks, and the Bears sure as hell haven't had that in a long time, right, without trading down. Well, you have first, all seven, first round pick. and you'll probably be able to create more, and I believe they're going to get another one in the fourth for a conditional from Khalil Mack, or, or Allen yep. Robinson, rather. Second, $150 million in cap space. 90% of it should be spent primarily on offense. You have the tools and the ability to m- put pieces around Justin Fields to make him succeed. Other teams in this situation – have to draft a quarterback. Then you draft the quarterback with the first round pick. You can't surround him with first round talent around him if you don't already have it. And then a lot of those teams are also don't have $150 million in cap space to spend on assets to surround with your young quarterback. Now the bears have every mean, all possible means to, to put everything possible around Justin Fields and $150 million in gas space, seven draft picks, all that is there. And last you do have a very, very solid defensive core. If you, if there's one thing you can take away about this team, that secondary is fucking good. Kyler Gordon showed last night that he can play ball, and he's going to sure. be a good player for Kendall this team. Kendall Wilder made a couple good plays, too. Kendall Wilder made good plays. Right? I guess he's a guy that I could say develops. So I'm not going to say everyone on this team has a Does, does um, that change? Does your perception of the defense change if Roquan Smith leaves over the offseason? Slightly, it yes. has to. It has to change. So I should say, how much does it change? I mean... Sorry, Check I'm muted there. Yeah, I was gonna um, say <laughs> it, it, it's it certainly changes. It certainly changes because Rokon Smith's a very good player. He's leading the league in tackles. It changes, right? Like it's not the same as if you lost Shaquille Leonard, but he's a top four or three linebacker in his position, uh, at his position, and you, you lose something. But Jalen Johnson, Jaquan Brisker, Kyle Gordon, and uh Dominique Robinson, like you do have a strong defensive core in that secondary that you can build around. So Again, a lot of all I'm saying, and the only positive I have here is a lot of teams in this situation don't have the means that the Chicago Bears do to improve their team. So if you want to take the positives out of this, and at this point you have, I, I responded to your tweet. I do not blame you for looking forward to 2023 now. Like I, it, that's that's what we're on to. You yep. know, I still will never be proponent of tanking, uh, but I've, I'm encouraged to do a, a mock draft and do my research on the wide receivers. But they have the means to make this oh, team I, I look better. Today, right? and they have to I, I look today, right now, the Bears have the most losses in football slated for like the third overall pick, fourth overall pick. Uh, I'm like, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to do like the Bears have the most losses oh, in okay. football right now. So like, and granted, that's because nobody else has played yet. And the teams, a couple of the teams ahead of you are on by, but like right now you're on pace for like the third overall pick, like third or fourth. Okay. 
So the, honestly, if, I, if I'm being entirely honest, you know what you do in that situation? You might actually trade, trade down, down and then take eight. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, because he's going to drop. I, I, I and, and we're going to get Kellen back on here. Jake, Kellen works for the team, works for the Ohio State team, and he's he's been talking to Jackson Smith and Jigba a little bit. So that's our first interview when, when he gets drafted, which will be great. That'd be lit. Um, but, you know, there's a chance that Jackson opts out for the rest of the year because he's hurt, and Nick Bosa oh. did this a couple of years ago. And they got some pretty damn good talent there already. Like they could probably win That's the national championship without him. him. It's it's Whatever. a it's a yeah. risky this move by him. Not... But as a Bears fan, as a Bears fan, True. you want it because the opt out could. If Jordan Addison and Kayshawn Booty continue to put up numbers, he opts out, True. and people that looks attractive. He falls to seven. The Bears can move down. I'm just you know we're talking about twenty twenty three. That's just what I put out there. <laughs> Sorry, you I'm getting what? excited. Let's go draft you season. Draft season. Like, let's go. You, yeah, right. Jesus Christ. You know, like I just realized while we were talking through like what you need, like on an offense to be like successful and stuff. We assume that the lions are going to pick at some point to either get Stroud and, or not and Stroud or young, like one of the top two quarterbacks, the lions are probably going to that quarterback, whoever they draft is walking into a really nice situation between Amon Ross, St. Brown, Deandre Swift and TJ Hawkinson and Jameson Williams. Like, (laughs) <laughs> that's that's fucking it's probably crazy. exactly how you want it it's probably like, exactly at the risk of getting don burr back in this comment section that's fucking crazy i know that's insane and like i'm in ross it, st brown has been making jared goff look awesome like that's that's where we're at the funny that's reality crazy. is like, in a couple of years if, if the bears do it right the, the bears and lions could be leading the division by a long shot if the once uh, Aaron, dude I know, kevin o'connell i think gone. he's pretty good who is Kevin O'Connell? Like he might have the Vikings humming for a couple yeah, of years, but he's pretty good. Yeah, I just don't know about Kirk Cousins' future. You know, yeah. I mean, well, he, they, they just dress him. But... Oh God! All right, I'm sick of talking about other. It's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. We're going to be a good team next year. Let's. Go. It's it's going to be the same old Bears. Like I mean, we've seen like we're going to be this year's going to suck by Halloween. This year's going to suck. Like it's like I, again. Yeah. The difference. The difference is the, the, real quick. The, the difference is is you do have something to watch every week. Like every week, your eyes must be glued to Justin Fields. But if you're going to do that, and you should be doing it, just remember that what you expect from him, like lower it by... It's got to be on a curve. You got to grade it it's on a curve. It's got to be on a curve, right? It has to be on a curve. And if you're not recognizing that, you just, I guess, don't really watch the same game as I do. But there is, a, like in, in previous years with a bad team, it's not like we have to sit through watching Mike Lennon. It's not like we have to sit through watching, oh, you know, bad Nick Foles, right? Risky. You, there, what, like, we will feel good about the Bears, even if they lose, if Justin Fields has a good game. Moral victories are our MO for the rest of the year. So, <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's moral victories for the rest of the year, which I mean, that's, God, it's just like, just like this is, this is it. This is where we're at. This is this is where we're at. Like just the fact that we do this stupid podcast. God. Oh, the joys of being able to do <laughs> Old this. Old podcast. Hey, drop in the comments if you want us to keep this pod going, because it's getting hard for us, man. We've been no, doing it's this not. for God, too no, long. No, Betstamp, we're still doing it. We're still doing it. Please yeah, pass. Yeah, we're still uh, going to use code bears. <laughs> yeah, no, go to Betstamp, use code bears, because like Kevin said, we did give out props that somehow cashed wait yeah let me let me read those to you real quick because i want the people to know that we're actually not fucking stupid and then you got so it was what it was the fields passing yards fields over passing yards 168 fields over long rush 13 and a half darna mooney over receiving yards 42 and a half brian robinson over 46 and a half rushing yards all of them hit 
And the, we I are mean, 70% the, Ron Rivera was really testing us with the Brian Robinson. He was, he was trying not to give us yeah. that one. Jesus. He really was. Yeah. But go to butt stamp promo code bears, use it to tell us or put your own, get the best prices. You're right. Shane M. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Um, but go to bet stamp code bears. You take that. Jesus Christ. Anyway, Just code kidding. bears at bet stamp. Help us help you make some money. Go to bet stamp, show us some love, show them some love. We love bet stamp. We hope they love us. We love you guys first. I mean, there was a lot of comments that I can't believe all you guys came through for this stupid show, but Hey, we'll be back some point next week to do the preview episode for the Patriots in which Justin Fields hopefully doesn't get killed by Matthew Judon. So we we will be back despite the jokes. We will be back to continue doing the show and we will do a preview of the Patriots and bears on Monday night football. So you get a little break from us, but never fear. We'll be back for myself, for Kevin. This has been bears nation podcast and God bear down, I guess. Bear put me down, Jake. Bear put me down. That's good. That's not bad. Bear put me down. That, that's what someone else said that in the chat before. Love it. Who was stealing that? It. Shane M. I don't know. I'm stealing All right. It. Bear down. We'll see you guys next week.